Hi, it's Leia, founder of Rebel Creative Studio, and you're listening to Rebelology, the podcast, a space where I discuss the journey of living a truly authentic, abundant, and rebellious life. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Leia. Welcome back to Rebelology. Tonight, I have a very interesting conversation lined up with you. I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Lottie Valentine. She is an author, a medical intuitive, an ancestral healer, evidential medium, spiritual educator, and an international keynote speaker. She teaches several different spiritual workshops, as well as offering some one-on-one sessions. Tonight, we're going to be discussing ancestral trauma healing. Ancestral healing relates to significant and often traumatic events of our ancestors and how these patterns of behavior, emotions, or physical problems can get passed down from one generation to the next. In this episode, Dr. Lottie and I will be talking about ancestral healing and the different types of entanglements that present themselves in our lives. She will share some examples of ancestral entanglements that she's worked on in the past, as well as some research that has been done on how traumatic experiences of our ancestors can get passed down via DNA. So, welcome to the show. I would love if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your background and what it is that you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, Thank you so much for having me as a guest as well. Um, Yeah, my story is a really long one, but I'm going to summarize it and make it a little bit shorter so that we can get in and talk more about the ancestral healing and trauma. But I had two near-death experiences, um, one in 92 and one in 94. And those experiences, when you leave your body, you go to the other side and then you come back and it changes your life. And because of those experiences, I became clairvoyant, clairaudient and claircognizant. And I started seeing things before they happened. And after years of this um, and communicating with the spirit world, I was guided to go to medical school. So I went to medical school when I was 54 and I started that journey. Actually, in 2004, I received messages from the spirit world that said, you have to become a naturopathic physician and you have to go to medical school. And I started at the community college taking uh, advanced placement high school biology because I didn't have any science. I was a business major um, out of college and worked my way up, took the chemistry, organic chemistry, the physics, the math. And in 2012, I went to med school. And after I graduated from med school in 2016, I studied mediumship in England at Arthur Findlay College and went there several times. So I also work as a medium, a psychic medium. So I split my time between working as a physician two or three days a week and working with people spiritually two or three days a week. And it was from this process of integrating my medical knowledge and the mediumship that really brought me to the ancestral trauma and healing because I was doing several mediumship readings in a row. And from these readings, I could see the repetition of the patterns and problems and traumatic events happening in the family. So I would see the grandparents and I would see the parents and I would see my client. And then that's what brought me back um, 
back to school and study more, studied um, family constellation therapy, ancestral uh, trauma with Mark Valin, uh, Gabor Mate, psychotherapy, and combined it with my medical school knowledge and shamanic practices. So now it's become um, this very integrated approach to healing uh, other people and their trauma. But I also wrote a book after I graduated from med school, and that is called Med School After Menopause, The Journey of My Soul. And again, that name, Med School After Menopause, is to help just inspire other people and know that at any given time in your life, it's never too late to transform your life and change it to what you want it to be. And my book just actually won um, first place, the gold medal in um, the spiritual leadership category by Living Now Book Awards in August. So just a few months ago. And I'm really excited about um, being honored with an award for this book because this award uh, recognizes truly world-changing books that contribute to positive global change. And um, my work now is really to help other people transform their life and find healing for them and uh, as well as ancestral healing and I also work as a medical intuitive. That was the short version. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> What an introduction and also very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Can you explain to us what is ancestral trauma and how can we begin to heal from that? So ancestral healing or ancestral trauma is things that we inherited and you can inherit trauma via DNA. And which is super interesting in itself. Um, and so it's anything that was any traumatic experiences or unresolved issues within your family history has a tendency to get passed down. So whenever, you know, if you were a child and they said, oh, shh, we don't talk about it, Uncle, you know, Uncle Johnny or whoever. And that is it, probably an unresolved trauma. And most likely somebody in the family is having experiences that relates back to that person's trauma. So what happens is that anything that is unresolved from the past gets passed down. And they've done studies on this. And there's a great study that's called um, ancestral, uh, ancestral Inheritance ancestral epigenetic inheritance of odor fear conditioning. And it was a study that came out back in 2013. And it's probably one of the best studies that we have that shows genetically via DNA, how we inherit trauma. And it was published in um, Nature Neuroscience. And it was a study that was led by um, Brian Diaz at the Emory University School of Medicine. And what they did is they, they exposed mice to a smell, and this smell was uh, like cherry blossom. And then every time the mice smelled the cherry blossom, they would give them an electric shock. So mm -hmm. these poor little mice, they were, they were of <laughs> course, terrified of the cherry blossom smell. I mean, imagine if you got shocked every time you smelled cherry blossom. So these little mice became fearful of this cherry blossom smell. So then what they did, they took the sperm from this mice that had been conditioned to be fearful of the smell, 
And then they inseminated the female mice with their sperm. So of course the offspring, so the little mice pups of that, you know, now had inherited the trauma of the cherry blossom smell. So even though their, their mother had never smelled it, they had never smelled it. But if they were exposed to that cherry blossom smell, they were very, you know, nervous and jumpy compared to just a regular neutral odor. And they could also see that not only were they more jumpy, but they had developed more receptors, more M7, it's called an M71 receptor, it's in the olfactory bulb. So they developed more receptors so they could be even better at smelling this cherry blossom smell at the lower levels. So it's fascinating because now you think about, okay, so what happened? What did I inherit from my mother or from my grandmother? Because not only the egg you come from was made by your mother when she was a 20-week-old fetus in your grandmother's womb. All right, so think about that for a moment. So what happened in your grandmother's life when your mom was in your grandmother's womb, because that's when she was making the eggs that you were born from. So just thinking of how things get passed down via DNA. So think back about our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents, they were all living in war times, right? So now maybe the grandchild is born and let's say the grandchild had, let's say a granddaughter, the granddaughter is born and all of a sudden at age 10, she has, uh, she develops this fear. Anytime she hears any kind of siren, she gets very fearful, a kind of panic attack and a lot of anxiety. And nobody understands why all of a sudden this 10 year old child is now afraid of sirens. She wasn't afraid when she was eight or six or, or younger, but all of a sudden she develops this fear. But then when you look at the ancestral lineage, then you learn that, oh, when the mother or let's say the grandmother was 10 years old, they lived through the war and the sirens went off and they had to run to take shelter because the airplanes were flying by, dropping bombs, and they were, you know, scared for their lives. And so now what happens many times too, is this kind of ancestral clock that the same thing, the same fears develop. So this grandchild develops the fear when she's 10 because the grandmother experienced the war when she was 10. And that's when she became afraid of the sirens and had panic attacks and thought she was going to die. So now she's changing the expression of her DNA via her epigenetics. And she codes for that. So that think about the mice, the little mice became, they had more receptors, more M71 receptors So they can now smell the cherry blossom smell at much lower levels. They're hypersensitive to the cherry blossom smell because that's something to watch out for. That's, you know, you could die from this electric shock. Well, it's the same thing for humans. So the grandmother developed this fear. You hear the siren, you run, you take cover. And now the granddaughter, maybe just from hearing the fire trucks or police sirens, she goes into a panic attack and she has no idea where it's coming from. And that's ancestral trauma that's passed down via DNA. I mean, this is so fascinating to me because I I always had an affinity for how we can inherit, um, you know, bad habits or bad behaviors from our parents or, you know, other generations. 
But I never really understood or knew that there's such a scientific foundation for this, that a lot of trauma and, and fear can actually be passed down genetically. So that kind of leads me um, to question, how far back do we know that we can inherit trauma from? Well, right now, there are studies that show back three generations. So they've done studies with um, survivors of the Holocaust, and they can see um, they can see that the grandchildren from the survivors that that they're expressing, you know, on certain genes, the MKBP5 gene, for example, is one of them. And so we have actually research on it being passed down uh, in humans, just like in the mice. And we're and they're finding more, you know, every year there's you know new studies coming out. And it's it's a work that's happening now, how we're actually being able to to research that and see that. And we know too from um, the World Trade Center attack, the mothers that were in close proximity when um, the airplanes hit the towers, and especially the women that were pregnant in six to nine months pregnancy. They, their babies, they looked at their babies and they were born with uh, lower abilities to uh, handle stress. They were born with lower cortisol levels and they were just in the womb of the mother that was in close proximity. So the mother had a fear of this is it. I'm going to die you know, running for their lives. The baby is in their womb uh, and they were affected. Those babies were affected. Mm-hmm. So we know you know, but it's, it's fascinating because it gets passed down. I can't wait to see, I'm sure it goes back much, much longer because when you're thinking that, you know, what your, your mom was in your grandmother's womb, what was happening in her life? Right. Oh my goodness. When I, when I think about it, it's like, so even my great grandmother who I didn't know in my lifetime, the egg that formed her would have been my great, great grandmother. It's just, so interesting how I can now trace this um, <laughs> genetically. And and what I was telling you before we started this call is, um, you know, this topic is very dear to my heart at this time in my life. I have been doing a lot of um, ancestral research this year, um, most recently through my maternal lineage. And I got the chance recently to sit down with my mom and go through um, a lot of old family photos, learn about different stories, um, generations of women in my family. Um, And so it's just very interesting to hear not only like personality traits that I feel that um, got passed down, like that's probably the most evident thing to point out, but now also... This conversation makes me think about, you know, maybe some of the traumas that I inherited, um, you know, from them. And one of the things that I also got to do recently was reconnect with a cousin of mine. Now, she's actually from my father's side of the family, but um, we got together and um, spoke with, um, you know, her mom, which would be some of my great and great, great aunts. And they were able to tell us some stories of our, it would be my great, great grandmother and um, how even back in her day, she was uh, one of the first women. It was very uncalled, like very unusual to uh, divorce your husband, but she did that. (laughs) 
And she was just, uh, from what I can collect, a very strong, independent, um, tough woman. And um, they told us a story about how she would, you know, smoke a cigarette and make the, the liver mush um, meals. And she was just a very um, independent woman. I mean, I, I we get stigma for that today. So I can only imagine the stigma that she had back in her day, all those generations ago. And um, this is just it's very interesting to me. And uh, what's interesting is the cousin I got to speak with, she and I knew each other when we were children, but we lost contact for many years growing up and we didn't reconnect really until we were probably in our mid-20s. And what was interesting is how parallel our lives kind of ended up as far as we both love to travel. We're, we both are still unmarried. We both still do not have children. We, um, even the, the careers that we chose to go into the, the path of education, the path of what we want to do professionally. It's just interesting to me how, you know, that can be possibly related back to DNA, our genetics, and even some trauma that may or may not have led us to these points in our lives for good or bad, better or worse. Um, so how do you help your clients identify some of these ancestral traumas and how can we go about, um, starting to heal that? It starts out by, if I work ancestrally with someone, I'll say, what is it? What is your problem? What is your fear? What, uh, what is your disease? And things can happen. Things can get passed down. I've seen, uh, you know, people get a divorce at the exact same age. Their mother got a divorce. Hmm. They get cancer, the same cancer at the exact same age. The mother got the cancer. Right? So you're so there's different ways that we um, inherit that trauma and repeat that trauma. And when you're working with people, it starts by you know what is your problem? What are we trying to resolve? And it could be anything. It could be Let's say uh, somebody, a relationship is always a big one, right? So somebody says, I don't feel nurtured in my relationship. I don't understand what's really wrong because let's say it's a woman. My, and they'll say, my partner, my husband is really nice. He makes good money. He takes good care of me. Really don't have a reason for not feeling you know, taken care of or nurtured. But then when you start looking at where that is coming from, it's either... It's either coming from their own experiences, like you mentioned. So what was their relationship with their mother as a child? If they weren't, if they weren't nurtured by their mother, let's say maybe the mother had, you know, seven children and that just wasn't enough time to be nurturing all those children the way they all needed to be nurtured in their individual way. Because everybody requires different things depending on that person. But so they didn't feel nurtured by the mother uh, as a child, as a young child. And now they're transposing that onto their partner because that lack of nurturing stems from their own wound with their own mother as in childhood. And so they're not going to feel nurtured by their partner. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the, the flip side. So let's say, um, let's say your parents, let's say your father was abusive. This is also a common one, unfortunately. 
the father was abusive towards the mother. Let's say he was he was verbally abusive. So he was verbally abusive towards the mother. The mother had a really hard time in the relationship. As a child, you saw that. And then when you grow up, you um, attract the same kind of partner as your father. You're being verbally abused, just like your mother was. So here again, you're repeating the pattern of the mother. So you're aligning with that mother saying, okay, mom, you're, you're being verbally abused and I'm going to be verbally abused. And it's subconscious. And you rejected your father because you didn't like your dad. You hated your dad when he would be verbally abusive like that. But you're invited back into your relationship so that now you have an opportunity to heal it. And these patterns, and you see these patterns in families all the time, how it's the repeating. They do the same thing. They have the same experience that the mother had, that they right. swore that they weren't going to repeat that. And they hated their dad for it. But he comes back because it's unresolved. It's an unresolved trauma from your own, you know, it's from your own childhood between your parents. You saw it, but it wasn't resolved. You didn't resolve it with your dad. And now he comes back in your life because it needs to be resolved. And these are, it's like that ancestor clock. It's just, and it keeps going and it just snowballs back down. Each generation is repeating it until somebody comes along and breaks that cycle. Mm -hmm. And many families have, I've worked with many people who they were the ones that broke the cycle. They were the ones that they literally incarnated to break that cycle of um, whatever was going on, the trauma in their families. Okay. Okay. So is it possible to heal some of these generational traumas without passing them down to the next generation? You know, what I think is that we heal what we can heal, mm-hmm. but there are, there's so many things when you start, when you start digging and start healing things, you're like, wow, we did it. I fixed this thing. I'm free from this. I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I understand it came from, you know, my mother, my grandmother and her mother, and it's been in the family. And then something else comes up. It's like peeling an onion. And then (laughs) the next problem comes up. And for, you know, being, you know, having raised three kids, and thinking back, you know, I did the way I look at it, I did everything right. I tried so hard. I did, you know, every, my, the, I put my best foot forward all the time. I tried so hard to not screw up my kids, but I'm pretty sure they got screwed up in some way or another because it would be impossible to be that perfect person for every single person. Because if you say, well, um, you know, I'm going to make sure I didn't get to play baseball as a child. So I'm going to make sure my kids play baseball. But then your kids hated baseball. <laughs> so I'm saying, right. now you're causing some trauma for this poor child. <laughs> or yeah. I never had, I never, I never got money on Saturdays to buy candy. So I'm going to make sure my kids do. But now they're going to hate you for that for some other unknown reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever you do, I think it's always still going to create some form of uh, something that the next gen- generation has to resolve, but you kind of have to look at it like, well, because when you look back at your own family, you know, I look at my own parents and I say, wow, my parents were great, but you know, where did they come from? But there's still things that it wasn't perfect. And there were still things I'm sure that cost me to have different things to resolve because that was my journey to resolve those things. But each generation, you know, typically does something. So even in um, 
when you see, when I work with people and I see uh, generational trauma, and then when you're speaking to them and say, well, what was your mom's childhood like? And it's, it was more horrendous than their own. Mm -hmm. But if that mother, for example, if, if your mother wasn't nurtured as a child, because she had a really difficult childhood, maybe her mom died in childbirth. So she was raised by aunts and uncles and shuffled around to grandparents or whatever. She just, there wasn't enough nurturing for her to feel secure in the world. So how now is she supposed to nurture her children? Well, she's going to do the best she can with whatever she got, right? Mm -hmm. And so the ball gets passed down to each generation uh, based on what that previous generation experienced. That in itself is healing for me because I have to realize that even though I may have incurred some trauma, inherited trauma from my parents, they were also dealing with their own trauma. They may or may not have been as conscious of that as I am, um, but I think I can now look back on that with um, some sort of, of, of grace to that, you know, um, they also inherited things that, that they were dealing with. And my mother was, um, what I considered to be young when she had me, she turned 21 in the hospital when I was born. And for me to look back on the woman, I was at 21. Uh, I certainly was not conscious of, of any kind of trauma. I certainly was not in a place to be able to heal from anything. Um, and I certainly would have passed down generational trauma at that time in my life. You know what I mean? So I feel like that could even be, um, a sign of, of my trauma is that I've waited so long in my life as a woman to have children. I made a conscious decision to not have children early. I'm 32 now and I'm, to be honest, I, I honestly feel like I'm just getting to the point where I am confident in the woman I am. Um, I've done a lot of, of soul searching. I have done a lot of healing on myself. And I feel comfortable with that journey now in my life, if it were to come to me. I mean, I've always kind of looked at um, the, the breaking of generational trauma, uh, generational trauma, um, all of these different cycles of toxicity as a responsibility on me. And, and the way you put it is, you know, some of us are incarnated to be that person in our lineage to, to break these things. And it sometimes feels like um, a responsibility because it's not easy. It's not easy. And I really feel like that is the journey I'm on. I hope to continue to heal myself and heal family traumas and um, heal my lineage because, you know, in my journey, I do feel a lot of of them as my spirit guides. I know that they're with me. I know that they speak to me and I know that they're empowering me. And I just am so thankful even for this conversation to learn so much about this. I mean, it is certainly um, a responsibility as a woman to to heal ourselves and heal the earth. It all starts with ourselves. Heal we have to heal ourselves first. first. How can you heal something else if you can't heal yourself? And the way you express as a human, 
you know, everything changes when you heal your epigenetics, your DNA, the way you're expressing, you know, your physiological reactions within your body changes. So if I drop you off in the jungle and I put you in front of a lion, it's not like you're going to tell your body, you know, dilate the pupils, <laughs> increase the heart rate. <laughs> it's just, it just happens automatically. And it doesn't matter, you know, that's how stress is. And I tell people that all the time. It doesn't matter if you're looking at the stack of papers on your desk or if you're in front of the lion in the jungle, because your body is going to react the same way. Right. It's, it puts you in that fight or flight uh, response. It's subconscious. It's just, we just react. It, mm -hmm. We're not thinking about, I'm going to have anxiety when I hear the siren. It just happens. And we might not even know where it's coming from. Okay, got you. Um, and so to clarify, that's basically what uh, a one-on-one -on -one session would would look and feel like with you would be to identify some of our fears um, and kind of dysfunctional patterns in our life. Is that right? So you could have a problem that is, I mean, it could be anything. It could be a disease. You could have a fear. Um, you could have, um, you know, a mental um, issues like OCD, mm -hmm. you know, it could be coming from anywhere, uh, any kind of, you know, relationships, problems, uh, feeling alone in the world, um, have addictive behaviors, all of that could come from, and what you have to do is sort out what is coming from your own life and what is coming from, you know, ancestrally. Did you, you know, is this something you inherited, especially when things come up just out of the blue and it doesn't make any sense. You're kind of wondering, well, where is it coming from then? Because it doesn't make any sense based on your life experiences this, you know, um, disease or this issue that they're having doesn't make sense. So, you know, it's coming from somewhere else. And then you have to start, you have to look at, you know, who did what, who experienced some form of trauma in the family, who, who killed someone, who died young, who had a disease, who lived through the war, you know, and you look at all the, the big things and the happenings in that ancestral lineage. And then uh, you might be able to see, okay, it's coming from here. But once you understand where it's coming from, you know, it's that, it's that aha moment. So if you think back when you were in grade school and you learned, uh, let's say fractions or division or something that most kids think are hard at that first, um, first time around. And then one day you're in school and you said, oh my gosh, I know exactly how to solve this. I see it now. I, not, I understand fractions or I understand division. Yeah. And it just clicks, right? All of a sudden it's like, wow, I can't believe I couldn't do this before. But that's exactly what happens when I work with people on ancestral healing. It's you're looking for that aha moment. Oh my gosh, now I see it. I understand it. It was because my grandmother had this experience and then, you know, her, her husband died and he was in a car accident and it was traumatic and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you see, oh my gosh, that's where it's coming from. I'm experiencing the same fear that my grandmother had. Mm -hmm. And then and now all of a sudden you can create healing around that because when you see where it's coming from, you have, you get that aha, just like you did as a kid when you solved the fractions okay. and that aha moment you know, helps resolve it. And then, you know, we do healing around it. We might do a shamanic journey and then we create sp very specific healing sentences around that specific uh, wound or trauma that they're carrying. And it also comes out in, 
in language and the, the language you, you listen. I listen to the words that people choose to describe. So let's say, um, I'll sometimes say, you know, describe your mother. And they might say, oh, my mother was cold and distant and she was really hard to connect with. Or uh, the only way she would approve of me is if I did something right, if I, if I brought home a good grade from school. And so now that behavior now is coming from, you know, you're learning that in order to get praise and in order to be liked, you have to gain the approval through some accomplishment. And so now you grow up and you learn the only way I get love and approval is through showing off my accomplishments. And so now you're carrying that with you in life. So you have to play a little bit of like a Sherlock Holmes and figure out, well, where is this coming from? Is it your own experiences in your childhood that then you carried with you? Or is it coming from somewhere else in your ancestral tree? But many times um, it looks like it came from your own experiences in childhood and maybe the relationship you had with your mom and dad or siblings or whoever. But then when you look at the ancestral lineage, Typically, many times the mother had the same experience or the father had the same experience and you're repeating that pattern. So it looks like you, you know, it was it was just yours. But then when you look at their at the parents childhood, they, one of them at least had the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. That's how they were raised. They were raised with they would only get love and support if they brought home a good grade or through their accomplishments. And so it really came down the line but it looks like it just came from your own childhood at the first glance, but it might be something that's going further back in your history. One thing I want to acknowledge here in this episode is that healing is not easy. Um, it takes a lot of bravery. And in my opinion, it does require a bit of a rebellious spirit in a sense like, you know, I resist having to carry on these toxic patterns in my life. I don't want to pass them on to my own family. Um, kind of like that black sheep narrative. It takes the rebel in us to, to say, I'm going to heal from this because this is not okay with me. I do not agree with this. So let me, um, you know, go inside myself and, and explore and heal. And I know all the rebels listening to this uh, will resonate with that. So I want to commend anyone who is in the process of, uh, you know, therapy, healing, um, any kind of spiritual exploration, um, sending love to all my rebels. And uh, Dr. Valentine, before I end this episode, I have to ask you the question that I ask every guest on my show, which is, what is your personal definition of a rebel? To be a rebel, you have to be authentic to yourself. You have to be true to yourself um, because you can't be a rebel if you're not true to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, standing up for your own beliefs. And um, it's really, you know, it's, it's difficult. Uh, uh, women, I would say, have, you know, a harder time with that uh, part of it is the conditioning, but it's finding that um, finding that true essence within yourself and and stand up for who you are mm -hmm. and what you believe in. 
I really like that point that to be a rebel means to stand up for yourself and also to stand up for others. Yeah, I guess being a rebel really does uh, encompass a lot of uh, defending ourselves. And I like that. I like that point. So tell us, um, how can we follow you? How can we book your services and how can we support you in all things? Yeah, so I have two websites. One is called Dr. Lottie, D-R-L-O-T-T-E.com. And that has um, more information, how I work as a physician and the different conditions that I treat, etc. And then that links to my other website, which is called DivineSpiritualEssence.com. And that is where you can learn everything about booking sessions on ancestral healing, medical intuitive, uh, psychic or mediumship readings, uh, everything that is falls into the spiritual category that I wouldn't be able to do, you know, seeing you as a physician. So right. again, it's, it's, it's divided into, um, you know, if you need me as a physician and I need to prescribe medications for you, then obviously you have to see me on the physician side. Um, but then again, you know, many people see me on both sides. So it just depends on, you know, what you need, but that's where you can go and learn more about me. Awesome. And um, where can we find you on social media, on Facebook and Instagram? Uh, Facebook and Instagram, I'm at Dr. Lottie Valentine. So D-R-L-O-T-T-E-V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N. And it's the same on both Facebook and Instagram. Okay, lovely. Thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing this great discussion and intro to ancestral trauma and healing. Um, I encourage everyone to book a session with Dr. Lottie Valentine because it is almost the new year. It is almost 2022. And personally speaking, I always like to set an intention for the new year, whether that be growing an aspect of my business, a new project, um, something personal. So this would be a really great intention for us all to look into ourselves and do some healing in 2022. So thank you for being here. And I will make sure all of your information and links get put in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and being part of Rebelology. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you get alerts on our new episodes. And for more information, head over to rebelologypodcast.com.